Hello, hello. I'm Len Tillum. I'm a lawyer. We solve legal problems. How do you like these podcasts? No commercials, no nothing. We do calls one after the other. Listen to them daily. We do them five days a week, Monday to Friday. And here's the latest one. We're going to give you some good stories coming up today. You got legal problems? Call it in, 800-996-4505. Bankruptcy, child support, who's making you crazy? You know, you can't go out there and beat somebody over the head with a stick. You got to sue them. And don't worry, suing somebody will aggravate them more than anything else. But before you throw money at lawyers, let's figure out if you got a case or not. You know, there might even be some lawyers out there who will take your money and you got a lousy case. Few, but there might be some. Call me. I'm not looking for money. You don't have to pay me. 800-996-4505. We'll figure out whether you got a case or you got a case that's such a dog you can hear it barking at night in Petaluma. Give me a call. Let's start the show. Tammy in Sacramento. Why are you calling a lawyer? Um, I'm calling because my friend and I were both clients of a personal trainer who moved to another state. And when he left, I had used all my sessions, but he owed my friend uh, between 500 and $1,000 for sessions she had not used. Yeah, I've got a trainer. You usually pay ahead of time for the trainer, right? You pay Correct. the month ahead. So this and trainer skips out, and your friend is owed 500 to $1,000. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I keep in contact with this trainer via email. And so I asked him for his address, which he provided to me, but he asked me to keep his address to myself. So what I wanted to know is whether what would happen if I gave that address to my friend. Am I opening myself up for legal repercussions? Oh, I've got it. Where this trainer, where does he live? Where does he live? I now? mean, not don't, does he live out of state? Yes, out of, he's out of state. Out of state. Okay. You want to know... If you're violating any, you, you want to know first legally. Legally, can you give the trainer's name to your friend who wants to sue the trainer, even though the trainer asked you not to? Well, Correct, his home address. Legally. First, we'll talk legally. This is not an enforceable contract. You know, there's no contract. The trainer said, I live in a Nevada or wherever it is. Don't tell anybody. You didn't say, okay, there's no deal made. And yeah. how is the trainer going to know you're the one who spilled the beans? Probably won't. Um, and you can also say the trainer's a cheapskate who's hiding from his debts. Why should you do him any favors, right? Correct. Okay, now to show you I can see it in black and white or shades of gray. On the other hand, there is something to be said about keeping your word. Did you promise this trainer you wouldn't give out his address? No, I didn't. Okay, well, you haven't made a promise. It's up to you. Let, let me tell your friend something, by the way. She's going to have to serve the trainer where the trainer lives, you know, Tough to get a small claims court jurisdiction on someone out of state and enforce it is difficult. And the trainer's broke, right? The trainer, what was he making? 50, 60 bucks an hour, right? Correct. Well, he has a new job and he's working for the, he, he, he isn't getting fully employed at this time. Well, if she, gets, if she gets a judgment against him, she's still going to have trouble enforcing it where he is. Correct. But, you know, um, so... What are you going to do? You're going to give him the the friend the address or not? Um, I, don't, I haven't decided. I just wanted to know what. There's no mean. legal repercussions. You can do it. Here's another thing. Let's say you decide not to give your friend the personal trainer's address. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have to say to your friend, oh, I have the personal trainer's address, but I'm not giving it to you. Now you've lost a trainer and a friend. Boy, do they have you stuck in the middle, huh? <laughs> so it goes. 
All right. Your friend's not going to be able to sue him anyway. It's too difficult. Okay. Thank you. You know what? Give him the address. The guy ran out on his debts. You never promised him you wouldn't. And, and see if your friend can collect. I doubt if it'll happen. Dave in Redwood City. How come you're calling a lawyer, Dave? They uh, revoked my driver's license because they said I was uh, incapable of taking care of myself. How old are you? Six, 60. When they say you're incapable of taking care of yourself, what are they talking about? I have no idea. The boxes checked are um, confused, disoriented, reserved, uh, medical and difficulty walking, vehicle code section uh, 21000. No, no, wait, wait, wait. You even said to David, vehicle code section 21000 to 23336, right? I'm looking at the form right now. Right, right. You just cited me half the vehicle code. That means nothing. Really. Let, let me tell you what's going on. Did you have an accident? How yes. come? What? Tell me about the accident. I hit a, a light pole in the parking lot. Were you drunk? No. Did the cops come while you were yes. sitting there? Right. No. no. Four hours later. Did a cop ever interview you? Yes. Okay. Here's what happened, because this can happen. All of you. It can happen to any of us, especially seniors. You know, you're getting older, and people, friends, or a police officer, or a doctor, or a family member. Somebody's worried about your ability to drive. You know, I'm not saying you, but you got a little dementia, and they're worried that the sign that says "wrong way freeway, do not enter," you won't know what that means. Anyway. A cop, a doctor, or a family member can narc on, report any unsafe driver to the DMV, anonymously even. I can do that to you, then? Yeah, you can do it to me. And the DMV will investigate, and they might revoke the license. If you did it to me and reported me, they might investigate it. If a CHP cop writes a report, they're going to do less investigation because they figure the cops, the DMV figures, you know, the cops, an expert, knows what's going on. So... You want to get your license back, right? Yes. You have to appeal the DMV revocation at what's called an administrative fair hearing. I followed uh, all the rules. That's coming up. Okay. Um, have you spoken to your doctor? Yes. Does he think you're safe to drive? Yes. He sent that to the DMV already. Okay. Um, yeah. You can also talk to them, show them you're competent. If maybe the cop got your license revoked for unsafe driving... Um, you'll have to take and pass a behind-the-wheel driving test. I will, yes. Yeah, and do you have any kind of epilepsy or any medical reason why you shouldn't drive? Officers, uh, excuse me, doctor said I'm capable of driving. Okay, when you say the cop said you can't walk very well, what's going on there? I was in a wreck years ago. I walked with a cane. Okay, let me ask you another question. Were you a little grumpy or mouthy to yes. the cop? Yes. Yeah, you were grumpy or mouthy to me. You're a, you know, I before we put you on the air, I said, I said to you, wait a minute, I'll tell you what you did, because I, I got you pegged. I said to you before you're on a cell phone. I said, can you uh, go stand in a better place? And you said, no, this is the best I can do. Hurry up and put me on, like you were a real grumpy pain in the ass. So if you walk around life like a grumpy pain in the ass, you're going to get a kick in the rear end from that. And if you go into the DMV hearing with that attitude, you better go buy yourself a bus pass. Got it? George and Campbell. How come you're calling a lawyer, George? Uh, hey, great to hear from you, Len. You provide a great service for the community here. Hey, I've got a situation here in Campbell where we were notified that uh, there's going to be a, sex, a convicted sex offender released to our neighborhood. 
and I want to know what um, you know our rights are as a as the neighborhood. What the rights are for the landlord. What, what was this guy convicted of? Uh, as I see it, it's rape of a uh, underage, four, you know, fourteen and under, with threat and a foreign object. What did you say about a foreign object? I guess he penetrated Ugh. the person with a foreign object. Right, right, right. Somebody under fourteen, right? Yes. Yeah. And this guy's moving into your neighborhood. You found this out from Megan's list? Right. What ended up happening is one of the houses were selling in the neighborhood, and the person did their due, uh, due diligence and looked up and said, oh, by the way, are you guys aware that uh, you got a sex offender moving in? That's yeah. Um, you don't have a legal right to prevent this guy from living in your neighborhood. You know, he's a free man. He's not on supervised probation. He's legally free. He's got to register his location with the county sheriff. And there are no restrictions where he can live. He's a tenant, right? Yeah, what he's going to be moving in with... Harass his landlord. Harass his landlord. Tell him you'll let it get some people marching in front of the house. Find out who the landlord is. You got it? You have that information. Well, why don't you call up the landlord and say, look, you're renting... There Are there kids in the neighborhood? Well, what is the rights of the of the uh, landlord? Any? The landlord... Does he have any liability? No. You mean okay. if this guy rapes somebody else? Right. No. You know, he doesn't. He, you, I don't think you can hold him responsible if he rapes somebody else. He was Then you could say he could sue the whole prison system or the parole officer or people let him out. Look, you can harass the landlord successfully. You let the landlord know everybody's going to know who he is and what he's doing. You got it? Let me add one more thing. If you look at the Megan's Law database, there are probably about 20 registered sex offenders living within two miles of your home. I did it. Everybody, yeah. go to Megan's Law database and see how many sex offenders live close to you. Yep. So um, that's, that's the problem, too. But um, you can harass the landlord, and that's about it. Mary in Brentwood, how come you're calling a lawyer? Hi. I have a, an uncle who passed away. In his will, he leaves the contents of his house, a quarter of a million dollars, four-month salary to his caregiver who, was, who is an illegal alien. She's also driving around in his car. When did this caregiver start working for him? Uh, the beginning of 2008. What did your uncle die of? Uh, it was during surgery. No, I mean, before he had surgery, did he have dementia, Alzheimer's? Oh, no, no, no. He was clear as a bell. Uh, yes. Well, there were a few things going on. First of all, forget about the woman's immigration service, uh, status. This isn't, you know, Arizona. And um, if you're going to get along with her, stop calling her an illegal alien. She's an undocumented alien. You got it? Got it. Right. Um, and But you may have a case. Here's what's going on. Gifts to caregivers, you know, we do a lot of elder law trust in the state. This comes up. Gifts to caregivers are void unless there's a certificate of independent review prepared and signed by a lawyer. Not his lawyer, but another lawyer. There's always the problem. You know, you've got some older person who's frail or they're losing it, and somebody comes and takes care of them, and they don't see their kids that much. And they say, oh, I'm the only one who loves you. Leave me something. Exactly. So. The lawyer who created the will, is that the lawyer? In other words, you went to the uncle's lawyer, yeah, right? The lawyer is the executor. That okay. lawyer. Oh, no. You've got to get rid of that lawyer. because well, his, for, He 
in turn hired a lawyer for himself. Yes, 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 yes. And how much is the size of the uncle's estate? Oh, gosh. I'd say it's over a million. Yeah. Lawyer also should have done a trust. But anyway, look, the lawyer who created the will cannot do the certificate of independent review. You got that? Mm -hmm. Also, the lawyer's a witness to all this. And look, if your uncle didn't meet with an independent attorney and get a certificate of independent review, then the gifts to the caregiver can be voided by the court. Okay? You do also have a case against the caregiver for undue influence. Your uncle trusted her, confided with her, and she probably helped arrange for the lawyer. I, I do know for a fact she attended every meeting with yeah, the lawyer. Did your uncle go to his old lawyer or the one she picked? Um, no, his old lawyer. Yeah, that makes it harder to show undue influence. Look, you have to go... How much money are we talking about? $250,000? For the caregiver, yes. You better go talk to a lawyer. Where did your uncle die? San Francisco. You need a lawyer in that area mm-hmm. who can take this case on and knock it out. You got it? I got it. That's what you need to do. You need to contest this one. And the whole thing will hinge on whether or not, if this lawyer knows his field and he does elder law and trust estate, trust and estates, he may have taken care of it and gotten a certificate of independent review. But if he didn't, it's going to get thrown out. You understand? Write that phrase down, certificate of independent review. You need another lawyer to say this guy knows what's going on, okay? Up in the probate hearing? You better do it quickly and get a lawyer. It's not going to come up in the probate hearing unless you get a lawyer and you raise these issues to the probate judge and to the court. Go get a lawyer immediately. Okay. It's nothing you can do yourself, all right? Mm -hmm. Thank you. By the way, my webpage, lentillum.com, I do that column, Elder Advocate. There's a bunch of articles about this topic if you're interested in undue influence or will contests. lentillum.com. Good show today. Good calls. Thank you for sending them in. You got other legal problems? Call it in. We'll get back to you. 800-996-4505. You can do emails. They're much easier now. You know, now that we're not taking calls at a specific hour, len at lentillum.com, trust in estates who get your stuff when you die, nursing home problems, elder abuse, my son ripped me off, powers of attorney, advanced health care directives. We'll answer those. We do those every day. Personal injury, Audrey Draw to my office, Jim Gagan, work on those. High-value cases, significant injuries. Jim's been voted super lawyer year after year. He's a great lawyer. Love to hear from you. No charge for that consultation. Consider us if somebody's been in an accident. You know somebody's been in an accident. You tell them Len Tillum, Jim Gagan, they'll do a great job. We'll help you review the case. Len at lentillum.com. You can call the office, 800-996-4505. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories number three number four three two one well that wraps it up for today we'll be back tomorrow if today i record these closes ahead of time so uh if today's friday we'll be back monday if it's thursday we'll be back tomorrow you know what i mean so send me an email we answer all emails the ones we especially like and we're really good at a trust in the states who get your stuff when you die Medi-Cal, God forbid somebody's in a nursing home. Arden Kwan's handled thousands of those cases. We can protect the assets, the home, help you get government benefits you're entitled to. Personal injury, somebody's been hurt in an accident. Audrey Gerard, lawyer in my office. Jim Gagan, work on cases. Jim's been voted super lawyers. You've got significant injuries. Jim would love to talk to you. No charge for the consultation. 
smaller injuries, by all means, call. Let us evaluate the case for you. There's no charge. Call 800-996-4505. Smaller cases where you don't want to get involved with a lawyer, Jim's done this paper, which will email you how to do your own personal injury case. By all means, we do a good job, and we'd love to hear from you. See you again.